So I pray, Father, would you give me strength and the ability with clarity to speak your word and to speak it as you want your people to hear it. Holy Spirit, take this word, pull the weeds and present a bouquet to Jesus through this topic, Lord God, and ministry to the saints. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus said that in the last days, the deception's going to be so great that even the very elect could possibly be deceived. Jesus said this in Matthew 24, verses 9 through 11. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. That's deception. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. You need to understand that word sozo, saved, in this context is not salvation, but deliverance. The one who endures to the end will be delivered will be delivered. So there are going to be false prophets. There's going to be a love that was common in our society will grow cold. People will become intolerant. They will hate each other. They will be divisive. And what will take place is there will be voices among them that will lead many astray. And that's my point this morning on deception. The church has got to wake up and be aware that there is a spirit that is coming over the globe, not just our nation, but as a pandemic infects the world. Heard of that one lately? So will deception. If you think COVID was bad, the deception coming is going to alter people's minds. You've already begun seeing it, where people are trying to solve injustice with injustice. And people are trying to fix a definite problem of prejudice and hatred with more prejudice and hatred. So we've got to resolve these things in better ways. The church has a solution. It's in Jesus Christ. Let me give you a definition of deception. Deception is to mislead or and to ensnare. It's deliberate. It is a deliberate misleading. It can speak truths in such a way that the truth spoken will ensnare you into a deception. It can give you half the information for you to make a decision and a choice to move. So we've got to be very, very careful about deceptions. Brothers and sisters, both sides of the political spectrum mislead with partial information. Believers need to get to the root of the story. You need to be historians and you need to understand what actually happened in history, not what's being rewritten. And so we've got to be careful about being misled. We've got to be studious. We've got to seek the truth. We've got to be balanced and, and not uh, colored by our skewed limited vision, but know a transcendent truth that can reveal to us what is right and what is true. And so I want to help you understand that this morning. There's two, basically two kinds of deception. Those two kinds of deception are self-deception and the deception of others. Let, let me give you an example this morning of that. This is a picture of me. 
that's what I look like. A camera took it, and, and that's the best I have to offer. That's me. But in the morning, when I look in the mirror, that's what I see. Brighter teeth, twinkle in my eyes, less weight, darker hair. That's called self-deception. Slimmer, fitter, you're all guilty of it. Come on, you know it. And then, this is what happens when you go to the checkout line in Target on that video camera there. It's, <laughs> you think that's reality, but that little camera distorts you and, and it's all messed up. How many of you have ever had that experience while you're standing in line checking and you look up at that monitor and you go, <laughs> that's not who I thought I was. All right, so self-deception and the deception from a skewed angle that the world presents. There is a true reality somewhere in all of that. And so with self-deception, that's the first area that we need to be very, very aware of. And in fact, on a number of uh, times in the New Testament, it says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Do not be deceived. Sexual immorality is rampant and wrong. Do not be deceived. Paul says it over and over. Peter says it. The Gospels say it. Do not be deceived. Why do you think they say that? Hmm. Could it be that we might be self-deceived? Because working within us is the flesh. The old man's been put to death through our faith in Christ at the cross. But that old flesh nature, our intellect, emotion, and will that has woundedness, that has concepts of a self-image that we're carrying along, needing to get healed, we can easily be self-deceived. And how many of you know, like water, we choose the easiest route? We always gravitate which would be simpler to believe. So self-deception is huge. There's only one thing that can cut through honestly and purposely and with love through our self-deception, and that is the Word of God in Christ Jesus. How many of you have ever found the Word of God correcting a wrong idea, a bad attitude, one who has half the information? And so we can be easily self-deceived. Let me read to you what James says in chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, James says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourselves. Oh, I can hear the word. Yeah, I heard that word. Yeah, it was a good sermon. Yeah, I heard that. He talked about people who need to forgive other people. Yeah, I heard of that. Yeah. I heard that, oh, uh uh-huh, about bitterness. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard that sermon. That's bad when people have bitterness. But you don't do anything about it? He goes on and says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away at once, forgetting what he looks like. But the one who looks in the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. 
In other words, he says, you take the Word of God, and when you read the perfect Word of God, and it convicts you, when you read the Word of God, and it reflects like a mirror as to what you actually look like as God's looking at you, and you hear it, close the book, but don't do anything about it. He said, you're self-deceived. We must be a humble people. We must be a people who listen to the correction of God. Let's evaluate what we've learned, what we're hearing, what is perceived, and what we want to believe or need to believe according to the Word of God. Therefore, we cannot be prejudiced against others, for the Lord has died for all people. Our bigotry must come to the cross and be slain. Our hatred must come to the cross and be slain. But you can't come to the cross to have bigotry taken out of, towards one people and then walk away and have it towards another group. We've got to get this right and we've got to move past self-deception. The next kind of deception is a deception from others. And that's tricky because we've got to investigate what is being told us. That's why a lot of times parents are upset when their kids start questioning, is there a God, is there a Savior, what are we going to do, I taught them this and that. You know what, they are actually trying to find out now for themselves. Let them ask the questions because God is truth and truth can handle every question with the right answer. So when they begin to ask the questions, don't just stonewall them, don't just say, just believe, don't start crying. Help them ask the questions. What are you asking about? This is where you can find the answer. You find it, seek it out, and so forth. And so when the information comes to us by others, we need to check it out. Your reliable sources here on planet Earth are not as reliable as the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. Many things are often skewed. And so if you're going to listen to a preacher, he better preach the word out of the Bible. Because if he's giving you his opinions all day, then there's a deception there. He may not even mean it, but it's going to be formulated out of his reasoning. The word of God is the true pillar in the earth. Please, people, get back to the word. Study the word. No matter who is your teacher, no matter who's telling you things, weigh it in the balance of Christ. If it doesn't add up, something's amiss. Here's some scriptures when God talks about the deceptions of others coming in. In Hebrews 13.9, he says, Stop being carried away by all kinds of unusual teachings. Hey, I like a conspiracy theory as good as anybody else. How many of you get on the strand of conspiracy theories on YouTube, Right? I mean, between the earth being flat and we never landed on the moon and everything else with coronavirus, there's so many conspiracy theories. You know who knows the truth about all of it? Jesus. Ask him where you should stand. But don't be easily deceived or carried away by all kind of unusual teachings. Ephesians 5, 6. Don't let anyone deceive you with meaningless words. Implication? Someone can deceive you with meaningless words. You need to find out if the words coming out of their mouth are meaningless. They may sound genuine because they're impassioned. They really believe it. So many people are convinced by passionate 
words, but many of them can be meaningless. 2 Thessalonians 2.3, let no one deceive you in any way, and he's referring to false religions and false teachings. What he means is there is a possibility that some way, somehow, someone can add a false doctrine into what you know to be true. Don't let it happen. 2 Timothy 3, but evil people and imposters will grow, go from bad to worse as they deceive others and are themselves deceived. Do you know what an imposter is? An imposter is someone who looks like and sounds like somebody else that they are imitating. We buy the goods just by the sound and the looks. And what he says is they're going to go from bad to worse. The people following Jim Jones had no idea they were going to end up in a camp in South America drinking Kool-Aid. But as the deception twisted and twisted more and more, that's where they ended up. So evaluate what is being said. Those who pose as peacemakers, those who pose as having a solution to the problem, evaluate what is being spoken and extrapolate it to the outcome. Let me share with you some of the characteristics of deception. The first characteristic of deception is concealment. To be deceived is to hold back some of the truth, is to conceal all the information, to hide it, to not give you the full account. Come on, we've all done this when we've self-protected or we want to persuade people. We don't give them the full consultation or the full revelation. And so that's concealment. How many of you know that many people in their rhetoric tell you half the story, but they don't tell you the full story? They generalize the story, but they don't give you the context by which decisions were made to get us there. Secondly, blatant falsification. Falsification is presenting false information as if it's true. And that persuades many people. Typical concept of that is, here kid, have a piece of candy. I'm not going to hurt you. That's deception. That's falsification and concealment. How many of you know who the king of all of this is? How many of you know who the father of lies is? And he twists and he discerns and he, he did it to Adam and Eve. He gave them uh, uh, he concealed the full revelation of who God was and he falsified the information when he said, surely you will not die if you eat this fruit. God didn't tell you everything. So again, this is deception. Be on guard. Be aware and what you're supposed to do. What are some of the opportunities deception takes? Well, some of the opportunities is it comes against fear. It's easy to deceive when people are frightened because you can give them 
and conceal the situation and falsify it by when someone's in fear, you can give them an easy way out, which is really no way out, but they're desperate. Fear creates desperation, and desperation is the breeding ground for deception. I'm going to say that one more time, if I can remember what I just said. (laughs) Fear creates desperation, and desperation is the breeding ground for deception. Why do you think con artists always create a desperate situation? If you don't take this now, you're going to miss out. If you don't get it right now, I'll cut it back in half. If you don't take it now, you're going to lose out. It creates a desperation. The first thing you think of is, I don't want to lose out. And so desperation creates a breeding ground for deception. So fear is the best place to start creating deception. You get enough people afraid And you will be deceived that that power is greater than he that's in you than what's going on in the world. Come on, this is good stuff. I'm taking it in. Somebody record this? Okay. The second is pride. Deception is looking for those who are prideful because it will feed your ego. It's very easy to get people on a power struggle, I mean, people in a, in a power high, people who feel emboldened, people who feel empowered, very easy to deceive them. Because their pride goes before what? The fall. And they're not watching, they're not managing, they're not checking. Their pride thinks, I got this, I know what I'm talking about, I'm a genius. Self-deception. So pride is another breeding ground. Fear Desperation and pride are feeding grounds for deception. Another one, anger. Because what happens with anger is we stop reasoning. Anger moves from the intellect into the emotional will of our lives. And in our emotional will, we have got to solve it, we have got to fix it, we have got to break it, we've got to do something violent, some way to make something happen, and it's very easy to lead an angry person into deception. Just feed the anger. Put fuel on the fire. That is another area. Last of all, we have fear We have pride, desperation, anger, and last of all, misguided empathy. Misguided empathy. I don't know how many times I have been deceived by people who want me to feel sorry for them. People begging, people in need. And my empathy to them so often gives to whatever the situation is only to find out later I was deceived. Now, I I don't have that in me to deceive because I'm a believer. You, as Christ has formed his image in you, should not be willing to deceive. And so many times we're gullible because we walk in Christ and we believe. But Jesus said, be as wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Wise as serpents means be sleuthful, find out, understand what's going on. But what happens many times with my misguided empathy, I step in to help 
and that help was actually a deception to get. We've got to be careful, people. What wagon, what bandwagon, what our empathy wants to join. And the mob mentality grows and the empathy continues and it moves from wanting to help to becoming angry or bitter or prideful or fearful. All of these are formulas for deception. But what did Jesus come to bring? Peace. Peace will rule and reign in your heart to discern what is right and wrong. So the reality is we need truth. That's why fear, pride, anger, and misguided empathy are opportunities, opportunities for deception. Write these down, and just like James says, so that there's no self-deception, read the word of the Lord, find out, is there fear in you that makes you desperate to take and easily be deceived? Is there pride in you that makes you deceptive, uh, easy to be deceived? Is there anger that makes you easy to be deceived? Is there misguided empathy that makes you easy to be deceived? These, deceived. These are opportunities that the enemy uses. So last of all, how can we avoid deception? How can we know fact from what is fake? Truth and wisdom. These are the key elements. We need a truth that transcends our own knowledge and ability to understand. What our society has successfully done since the 50s, it has been a progressive work to take truth out of schools, out of curriculum, to the place where it has taken it out of our society and our culture. Truth has been evicted to where now it is no longer transcendent truth that exists outside of human reasoning that is from God and it is a fact whether you know it, believe it or not, it stands. It has now become something that is mine and yours to twist and to have. You have your truths, I have my truths. And it's conditional. And that is a lie. And that is deception. Know the truth and the truth will what? set you free. Truth is absolutely essential. And where do we get the truth that transcends human reasoning, human knowledge, and the situation we are in? It comes from above. All good and perfect things come. In fact, truth is not just an ideology. Truth is not just a matter of facts and information and dates. Truth is a person. Jesus Christ. Within him are held all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is the truth. And as you pursue him and pursue the studies of scripture, you will begin to see clearly what is true and what is not true and break deception. So as the writer of Proverbs says, get wisdom. Wisdom is truth rightly applied, cutting between the bow and the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. Wisdom is a word in season, prophetically on time, in power, by the authority of God. So get wisdom, get understanding. And the Proverbs says this, though it may cost you everything, get wisdom. It's the 
most necessary commodity. It is the most necessary thing in the days that are coming ahead, brothers and sisters. Wisdom. You don't act too quickly. You don't act too emotionally. You don't act out of uh, anger or pride or fear. You have wisdom. Jesus said the days are coming where deception is going to be as much as the clouds of the sky. It is coming and moving over this planet like a storm. The entire population will be deceived. Are you going to get this? The only thing that will cut through the deception on planet earth is the word of God contained in a believer. You are the voice of reason and wisdom to the deceptions that are out there. James says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Okay, you've got direct access. Ask God. And here's what he says about you asking God. He gives it generously to whoever's asking without finding fault. God will never, when you ask God, this is why I had that point about your children asking questions. Because he says that if anybody asks me a question, I'm not going to find fault in it. So ask God your questions. One of my favorite answers to people when I'm in counseling and they say, should I do this? Should I do that? You know what it is? Ask God. I want to teach them to hear the voice of the Lord. Ask the Lord. Pray upon it. Meditate it. Study in the Word, and I'm telling you through your studies, it could be a commercial on TV, it can come through a song on the radio, you'll hear the answer from God. He'll use whatever, and He will answer you. Wisdom. He said, I'll give wisdom to anybody that asks. Just ask me, and I won't find any fault in that. Our solution is the Word of God and the wisdom of God's Spirit. Psalmist said, Thy word, O God, is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Therefore, brothers and sisters, as deception is coming, the storm is on the way. Do not be deceived. You know the word of the Lord. Stand on it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And weigh and discern and test all things. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we thank you for the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word. Take this word, O oh God, and speak it into the lives of many. Father, may it bring healing and may it bring self-introspection to our hearts that we would discern what your Spirit's saying to us so that we would remove deception, remove false ideologies, and uphold and take them captive to the things of Christ. I ask this in Jesus' name, and that, Lord, through this you will release peace and a fire in people's hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen.